This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. <laughs> Thank you all very much for coming and uh, for being mishtatif in the evening tonight. A very special thanks to um, Rav Margolius and Gila Sharitzfila for lending us all the resources and helping us set up uh, such a beautiful shir. Rav Margolius wanted to be here, but he has a very important family simcha, so he just sends along his brachas. This shir tonight is Ilu Nishmas, my mother-in-law, Chaibas Mikkel. He wrote some that uh, all the Diver Torah and Hashpaos and Totaos should be a zechus for her neshama. I'm going to pass around um, two clipboards. Anyone that would like to hear information about future programs of this type should please uh, write down your contact information. Um, I'm sorry I didn't uh, arrange a microphone, so if anybody can hear you, you're encouraged to move forward. But I think you'll be able to hear just fine. Um, I have uh, just one small confession to make that uh, I'm a secret fan of uh, Rav Lopiaki for many, many years. Um, when I was a Bachar 300 years ago, uh, I used to sneak out of the base measures on Friday mornings to go hear the, the Rav give uh, a Parsha shir at Eshet Torah. And it was uh, one of the most uh, profound and gishmak shirin that I heard. So just, I guess this is my chance to say a special thanks to uh, Rosh Shiva. And I think we all um, want to say a very special thanks and sincere appreciation for the Rosh Hashiva coming out here to speak to us when ostensibly he's supposed to be on a vacation. Um, so we really appreciate the time and the chizuk and, uh, and all the efforts. Um, it's actually much worse than being on vacation. I actually have to be at a Shevabar with my grandchild. So there are a lot more um, upset feelings. So Bez Hashem, it would be a little shorter than I would have liked, but um, I, I do think it's an important topic. Let me preface what sometimes, I guess, the background that makes this sometimes a very, very difficult topic. Many people became much more strong in their observance and became people who were fully Shabbat Mitzvahs, people who became the Torah, Kolo people, learned many as in Kolo, and for them it was a profound revelation in life, and their great wish is that their children do that. They, it took them 20 years to get to the point, 25 years to get to that point, 50 years to get to that point, and they feel that the children are so fortunate that they're getting it off the bat. Um, secondly, most everybody that moves to Eretz Yisrael, um, the reason is not because salaries are better in Eretz Yisrael or fringe benefits. The reason is because Eretz Yisrael is a place of Kedusha, a place of Aliyah, and that's a sentiment that everybody who makes them so snappish to move to Eretz Yisrael feels. It's what I, who lived in 25 years and now in Kutzlaretz, miss. Um, and we feel that Malam Bikodesh, and therefore our kids are not going to be bothered by American nonsense, and they will be able to become Lurapheim Kanevskis. 
that's more or less, maybe not quite, but just about. <laughs> and when things don't turn out that way, it, it hurts a lot. It's baffling. It doesn't seem to make any sense. It, and we're hopeless and hopeless and so on. And those are feelings that really tear us apart. There's no important us than children, and yet what we assume to be a seamless type of, you know, just going forward, doesn't turn out to be that way. It's a huge topic. It's a topic that I think is going to occupy this generation, my generation. I don't want to date myself 300 years ago like Rick Grieva did, but I, let's say 298 years ago, and the feeling was how unfortunate that not enough people are getting a, a yeshiva education. If everybody could get yeshiva education, the world would be perfect. Baruch Hashem, thousands, tens of thousands of people get yeshiva education, it's far less than perfect. And we stand by and we're kind of shocked by it. We're shocked how somebody who's growing up in an environment that everything seems to be so wonderful is not enthralled by it and, and, and is sort of bucking it and turning away from it. So I'm going to say, a few, I'm going to try to do a few points. Um, it's a huge topic. I can't in any way pose present myself as an expert. I am involved. The yeshiva that we have in Silver Spring has a high school as part and parcel of it, and therefore and I do some teaching, I see the boys, I've been over the years of Chinef one way or another, so try to share some ideas based on what I think is Hashkaf. I specifically chose teenage, first of all because it's, it's closer, that's what I live with, the high school teenagers, they start at 7th, 8th grade, and then you know, I see it move forward. HaKadosh Baruch created the world with a certain nature, with a certain teva. And the teva is, children are called taf, which means they are tuffle, they are ancillary to the parents. A child's existence is somewhat of a continuation of a parent's existence. A child needs the approval of his parents. The approval of his parents are the most important thing in his life. The, the complimenting of a parent is the most important thing, and a parent turning against a child, hurting a child, and ignoring a child is excruciatingly painful for a child. It can be replaced because that's his tether. And that goes until a certain point. When a child becomes capable of having a family of his own, which is at the age of 13, there's a pusik. And the Pasuk says, A child leaves his parents. It's not, the Pasuk is not telling you that when you get married you change your address. That's obvious. I don't think we thought that, that it's wise to stay in the house. It, but the Pasuk is telling us a child leaves their parents. They need to become their own person. I want to show one or two sources for that. There's a halacha of a bensor umore. Bensor umore is the example of the terrible child who rebels, the rebellious child who rebels against authority, and he is condemned to death. It never ever happens in fact. There's one not yoma, yes. There's so many conditions attached to it that it's almost impossible for it to happen. 
But the Torah is setting a certain concept down, and the Rambam includes it under the general rubric of insubordination. Mamre, one of the one of the first things that limits it severely is it can only happen three months <coughs> in his life. In his entire life, you're only eligible to become Mansura Mora in three months. And it starts from when the first, the very first signs of puberty start until three months later and possibly shorter. And the Ramam explains why. The Ramam says, not if he is young, because he's not fully obligated in mitzvahs yet. Not clear if it's because the affairs are doing or not really affairs or not listening to their parents. And not after that, shahu bershus atzmo velo bershus aviv. Because at that point, he becomes autonomous not under his father's domain. So you can, you can say that the child is not doing right, but you can't say he is, he is insubordinate to somebody who is his authority. Incredible Rambam. So at 13 and 3 months, it's usually, actually, more totally, it depends on physical signs, but 13 months, the child is, is an autonomous. Now, let me explain something. Kibbutz Ava'im is a lifetime obligation. It's not about listening to your parents. It's a terrible, terrible error of translation. It means respecting them, not arguing with them, helping them. It's, it's, a, it's a tremendous, it's, it's just like a person that you respect greatly does not automatically make him authority. Let's give, us, let's give an example. I have my own personal rough. That's authority. I see a very big Tom Kochum walking the street. I need to give him tremendous comfort and respect. But if he tells me to do something in a way that disagrees with the Psach of Mayrov, I have no, not only no obligation, no right to listen to him. So obeying and respecting are two separate things. Um, to disagree vocally with your parents, a disrespect to the parents is an isodoraisa. But to say, you know, you're probably right, but I can't do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. There is no obligation to do what they say. And again, I don't want to make it halachal maisa because there are nuances to it sometimes that itself is disrespecting. But just need to make it very clear you are not their direct commander. That relationship is very important to bear in mind. One, it says if a person hits a child who's older, older means after 13, you deserve to be put in chayrif. The Gemara says, and I'm quoting a Rashi, because you're overlifting either, you are causing him to actually be disrespectful to you. The kivan the gadolhu, because he's a grown-up, and gadol means, you know, at the age of thirteen, shema mevayit ba'aviv. Maybe he is going to rebel against his father. and he's going to be one that's being marshaled. So that means it is the nature of a grown-up that they don't take kindly to being oppressed by somebody. Because he's a gadol, 
being bowed in somebody, just like if somebody would try to possess us and make themselves our master, we would really, really act against them. The same thing is true about a child who's a gadol. And therefore, it's my problem if I treat him in a way that will cause a backlash. And I'm over in Abeira to the point that um, I could be put in the hair for that. So the first point that we have to understand is a teenage child is in his own rishos. On the other hand, it, my obligation to raise children to be osek in Torah mitzvahs and be ovdi Hashem is the greatest obligation I have. That doesn't stop at teenage years. Lemanashi Yitzavah is beso, which is Avraham Avinu's Yisod of how he went about to, to, to be Mechanecha generations. That's the sort of our So we need to get that point clear. And we are not his authority, but we have all the obligation in the world to see to it that he becomes a, 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 a person who is over Hashem that is the, the, our relationship to children that are We, As a young child, the child expects authority. We are expected to be authority. He's a cotton, so there's excuses for the fact that you know, he's a cotton. He's not mature enough to take it seriously. As a gadol, he's not, except for that tiny, tiny slit of time that just about, it's by the time they finish opening up the bar mitzvah gifts, they're, they're out of the, they're, they're, they are out. So we need to understand that split. I'm not, what I'm trying to say is not that our obligation is gone in any way, but the structure of the relationship is profoundly changed. So we now have to deal with the child as an other, not by just command. It's not going to work because it's not in the nature of things, and it's not going to work because the Torah did not give me that relationship and that prerogative. So we're going to have to ask ourselves, here is a child. Um, I, I, I need to bring him to do Torah and mitzvahs and so on and so forth. What is necessary for that to happen? So we immediately think of, if we ask ourselves, what's important to, for that to happen? Okay, fiery drushes, strong mashkiach, no bad influences. I think that would be the first three boxes we would tick off and say that that's what it takes. The Gemara says, if I'm to ask ourselves, what is the most important sense, what's the most important nida in a person <coughs> To, to make him an observant Jew. What's the basis for it? So I will bring two Mikoros. One of them was brought in Slavotka, they would speak about it. One of them is something very similar. I've seen Revolva brings it. Both come at the same point. When you, let's ask ourselves, let's throw it out as a question to ask ourselves. What is the thing that keeps us mostly in line? What about our perception of things? The Torah says as follows. When witnesses come to testify, we need to impose on them 
um, how serious the testimony is, how serious perjury is, how, how, how much their lives will be affected if they perjure themselves. So we tell them a Pasik that a Kaddish Baruch Hu brings um, no rain to the world if people testify falsely. So the Gemara says, you really think they care a lot about that. You know, it's somebody else's problem. I, I have my water supply, I have this, whatever it is. It, the fact that so many people will, will think negatively, if they, if they are bad people, it's going to, it's not going to make a, a, a terrible impression. Two, so the Gemara says plague will come and they will they have a good chance of dying. Plagues just, you can't, you, you can't guard against the plague. A plague just happens and no one knows, you know, a huge percentage of people get sick and die. Plague them. Mar says also that. Finally, the Gemara says, we tell them, the people that have hired you and you've sold your neshama for a dollar are going to spit at you. It's a sadi shakri al-grahu zili. False witnesses become cheap to the people that hired them. That's the most stunning thing we tell them. The Benish Chai asks, he doesn't get it. Like it, it's 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 like I don't understand something. But in Slavotka they would say, a person what keeps us most true and honest is our sense of self-worth. Every single one of us has a place in society. And we will do anything to keep that place in society. I was once reading, I think a lawyer, a long time ago, a book written by a big lawyer, and he said, um, white-collar criminals, their punishment is the witness stand, not the jail. In other words, somebody who, who was a Ghanav, he's a Ghanav, and his problem is the jail sentence. Somebody who was a respected member of the community, Hashem, so on, so on, and so forth, when he sits on the stand and his, um, whatever it is that he's done wrong, his swindling and, and embezzlement comes to light, that's a death sentence. I saw a person like that. He was a very respectful person. I think a really fine person. He got caught up. He was head of a bank, got caught up with some issues. I saw him after he got out of jail, the person was a shadow, ended with the jail sentence. He, he was misrespectful and, and just, he was a good person. And he, when he came out, he, he was not, he, he, I mean, it was, it was painful to look at him because he just wasn't a person anymore. He walked around like a zombie. He just, just wasn't a person anymore. That's what keeps people honest. The Gemara says also, if you, as people who eat in the marketplace, you know, they walk with, with a falafel in, in the shuk and, and eat. The Apostle of Edis, and Rashi says, Since he doesn't care about his kavod, So he doesn't care becoming puzzle. It's nothing to him. You know, you're not taking away from my reputation if, 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 if they call me puzzle Edis. I just don't care about myself, my presence. So the first thing is, no, you can't talk to a person. And in your case, the 13-year-old is a person, unless the person has some element of covet himself. 
if if a person's if a person has a sense of self worth, he's very good. He, he people he, the, the general the general consensus is that he's a fine young man. Then doing something wrong is frightening to him, and you have a basis at least to which to rebuke him. I will talk about it in a minute also, but you have a way how to go about it. The, when someone does not have standing and self-worth, it's useless. It's worthless because he has nothing to protect. What keeps us honest, downbeat, is not the police, not even HaKadosh Baruch It's you. Every single person looking at everybody else and saying, hey, hush, a fine young person, upstanding person, you don't want to lose that. That's what the Gemara says. That's how we fight the witnesses. We don't talk about Gashparuchu, we don't talk about rain, we talk about what people are going to say about them. And the same thing true over here also. A child who's placed in Cheder, Yeshiva Tana, Yeshiva is good for nothing, there is no place to go with the child. Because I'm a good for nothing, so no, you could be big comfort, you could this. No, I, you, you, protecting standing is valuable. Attaining something once, twice, three times, at some point the child realizes it's not going to happen, or the price he's going to have to pay for being is going to be something that he can't give. So I might as well do that. I might as well just. Sh- sh- there are many ways to coping. You either become harsher by being the guy who gets into most trouble, it's also a statistic. Like, you know, minus 100 is also 100. Maybe minus instead of plus, but it's 100. The guy who everybody who's and ours, wow, he did to do something nobody else there to do. A person looks at Bakshivas and Kabbalah. Where's it? What do we do about it? What do we do about a child that's not? So the first thing is understand that you must, uh, uh, there is no such thing as a human being that can't have standing. You have to find environment. To push a kid into an environment where he's a neb and a nobody, an underperformer, or a case, it's not, people have this mind, well, this is a very good cheder, it's a very good shimkana, it's a very good high school, I'll put him here, he'll do the better guys, mashpia. no. He has zero, he knows down deep that he's failing, and yes, there's one in a million that's different, I, I know the stories, the stories are the exceptions, that they really believe it or not, they're not, they're not the statistic, that's not what it is. A child in a more banally environment where he stands out as at least one of these stalwarts is extremely helpful. Many dollars, such as Zalm would say at all time, that when it says in the Mishnah you should be a tail to a lion instead of the head of a fax, is true later in life, not at the Chinuch stage. Or there are other ways. Let's say a child has a hard time learning. So if he's the one that's running things, doing things, and it's important that he be in an environment where it's sincere. Many times there are people who, there are many people that sitting and learning is difficult for them. And at best they'll struggle. But they can run everything, they can do things, they can be there, and they can do real things. In an environment that doesn't recognize that, it's not a healthy environment. And parents have to recognize that. Many of the good things in this world have been done not by people that were super noham, but people that were super capable. Um, you know, and, and, and therefore, really having that appreciation. 
it's a problem in the system, and we're not going to fix the system. The system is a system. It has tremendous mileage. But understand, you as a parent have to evaluate. Is my child in a place and environment where he has the respect of people? For whatever it is, however it is. If he has respect, then there's who to work with. Then he has a reason that he wants to be good. But if good never generated respect for myself, I have no reason to want to be good. That is the Soda Shorish. Two. This is Sefer Yasher. Sefer Yasher is a, uh, a Rishon. People attribute it to Rabbi Tam. It's a mistake. R- Rabbi Tam wrote a Sefer Yasher that is um, it's a Sefer on Halacha. But the Sefer Yasher is, an, is a one of Rishonim wrote it. It's that Kufa. And there's a piece there that's very famous. It's called Yemei Ha'ava Yemei Asina. And basically, it, many people quote it for, for the... It, it basically, his point is that a person's ruchnius tends to come in cycles, in up and down. It, it's very rarely, rarely linear, it's up and down. And he, and he explains what causes the upswing and what causes the downswing, and when is the upswing more than the downswing and so on. And his point is success and enjoyment create a strong tendency for upswing. There'll always be downswing for some. And lack of success and failure create a downswing. In other words, if a person's in an environment where he will more often than not fail a test, if, if, he's, if he's involved in learning, and learning is not an enjoyable activity for him, then the down will be a lot more and a lot longer than the up. It's very hard to, um, to, to, to do something that you don't enjoy. I was once speaking to a colleague of mine in yeshiva there. I was, I was speaking about a boy that wasn't performing well so on and so forth. I told him, you know, we both are very fortunate that Yiddishkeit is not about singing smiris. Because if it were, we would both be off the derech kids. You recognize that. It happens to be that we enjoy learning, and Yishkai is about learning. If it was about seeing his mirrors, maybe in a citizen environment, we'd be kind of kids at risk. Understand, there are many reasons why Talmud Torah is the most stressed in a yeshiva. And for the vast majority of kids, somewhere along the line, it works well. It has many advantages, many reasons, and it's not, and the truth is, in a Hasidic, in the classic Hasidic environment, it was not stressed. Yerushimayim was stressed the most, Akesha with the Rebbe was stressed the most, the Vekas and Davening was stressed the most. Each and every Mahalach, each and every Shita has its pluses and minuses. And like I said, it has its dropout kids and drop-in kids. It's different drachim. And, and you can't, you know, you can't tailor-make an institution for every kid. You just can't. But understand it. If a kid is in an environment where the main activity he's doing is unenjoyable, it's not his fault that he likes art and music and not sitting by a Gemara. It's not his fault that he doesn't succeed in making a laning. We need to find a way around that he can do many things that he does enjoy. And, 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 and so maybe shifting to a different type of school. 
these are all these are all things that in the details of it complex that you need to work it out but understand if the environment is pushing things that you don't like not successful let's ask ourselves hopefully most of us are doing things we enjoy doing as our job as our business imagine you were forced whatever it is to do something you're not good at and you don't like and day in day out you'd have to constantly sit and do something for the person who is um, I have a relative of mine a young man who is very physical loves schlepping and pushing and pulling and doing this and that his family is a lot more classic uh, you know kind of behind the desk type people and so on so this person hired himself as a porter and he loves it he does actually quite well he, he's, he's good at it and he schleps off you know like he's, he's like one of these people that can have you know refrigerator and his finger type of person that, that, and his family his brother actually was extremely shocked and he said you know you, you don't have to do this I'll give you a, I'll give you a job in the office you'll have a very nice desk and you know, and he said you know Parnas is from Hashem why do I have to be bored at what I do and I can enjoy what I'm doing I enjoy slipping. I don't enjoy sitting behind a desk. I just don't like it. So, a child who's in an environment. Now, we can't, the world is, is never going to be tailor fit. But at least let's understand the child. Understand that the reason why learning is not going to because he's a bad child. And I want to add something else. Many people who at 16 can't sit next to Gemara, at 25 you can. You change, you mature and you change also. But from 18 to 25, I think 25 is a very long time, like 80 years. That, that's the amount of time. For a 16-year-old, it's, it's somewhere a little bit under this years. You need to be able to understand if the child's platform is happy, so I play by mitzvahs, I go to the Samer kids that are sick, I go to the hospital, I do this or that. And learning is presented as something that you must do but you're big and harsher because you're doing something that you're good at and successful and enjoyable, we can do things. We can spend much of a day doing many chores so long as we have the sipuk, so long as we have the satisfaction of doing something we're good at and we enjoy. And it's almost this hainoha. Nobody likes painting unless he's good at it and he, and, and he enjoys it. And, and everything like that. And learning is the same thing. There are children that are born naturally liking to learn. There are, you know, and varying degrees. And some are born extremely frustrated. Understand that you can't keep pushing a major activity that is not something that is successful. And then maybe in a few years will be a lot more successful. It, it, it is like that. You see that the, the, the disparity between 16-year-olds is by far greater than 25-year-olds. You, you, you know, people change. That's the Metzias. So... So first of all, we need to give a child his covet and his sense. And un unless you've given up on a child, the only way you can ever reach out is if you honestly see what he is and what he can be. And even if he's doing a lot of stupid things, but it's coming in a certain perspective. It has to be genuine. The type of thing, well, I know that if you're very bright and you could be a big time talking is horrible because you don't really, you don't mean it, you wish it was like that. And the child says, you're pushing something that is not me. If you tell a child, you know, 
I see you care about other kids. I, I like the way you, you went and, and went to the kid who was sick and you, and you walked his nap. You have something in you that can reach out and help people. That might be a lot more sincere. And, 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 and you have what to build on. You can say, listen, you know, everybody's life has the core mission and has things you have to do. If a person loves learning but he has no geschmack in davening, he sells the dumb three times a day. A person likes davening but he doesn't care for all the details, all the mitzvahs, this and that, you still have to do that. Your balance of, of, of what you do depends on who you are and so on. When you speak to a child and try to educate him, this is tricky. Most of the time, you are highly ineffective as a, mash, as a direct mashpi on the child. An outside figure, even the child who is super functioning, and is the best boy in yeshiva, he also rebelled. In his mind, you're not such a big tzaddik, and not such a big London, and his Rosh Yeshiva is the world's greatest Talmud Kham, and he's going to be like the Chazinish plus. That's a, that's the that's a norm for a teenager. The mashpia is somebody that catches his ideal. Galkein Yazov pushes a child that kufa to reach for the stars, to become something that, 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 that is super. And, and it's not the parents, it's somebody else. At some later point, there's a, there's a realignment, and, and as you mature, you begin to see differently. So, so, but in your interaction, I want to quote a Rambam. The Rambam speaks about, um, Rambam speaks about how a person should give tochacha to a spouse who is um, doing things that are very bad. Dharam says, I'm quoting two things. He says, you have to be very careful that the tochach is lo mitoch meriva velo lehatel oleha ema. Not out of a fight and not to be controlling. And let's explain the, the dynamics of it. We see a child as a piece of our self. Whether we like it or not, that's how we start. We know that if our children are super performers, everybody's going to say, well, you know, the, the father must be a big tzaddik nista, because we never saw anything by the father, but it came out by the children, <laughs> so, so the game is up, he must be a big nista, that's how we feel. If the child is trouble, then I know that people are saying, at best they're saying, he's, he's a stupid mechanic. And when you're mechanic, it's not so great. <laughs> but, but, but at best, at worst, people are saying worse things. We take it also, we feel, I mean, it's my child, I feel, you know, for, for 12 years, for 13 years, we've been like one. So, when my child does wrong, there's a burning anger, resentment. I've been there for 13 years, we've been closest, I've done so much for you. I mean, I haven't slept in, 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 in years because I've been raising the children. Every penny that I earn goes for you, and this is what you're giving me back? It, it, it is, extraordinary, um, there's an extraordinary anger. And two, since just like Rahmanatana persons, when his arm doesn't obey what his mind tells it to do, it's a tremendous sar because it's as if the arm is, is running away. The control, besides people who have psychological issues who need to control their environment, the need to control a child is even stronger than that because I see it as me. Those two mahalchim are terribly, terribly 
ineffective and create a backlash. Because down deep, the child says, it's about you and not about me. It's your problems and not my problems. And, it, and, and it's very, very hard. We're people, we're humans. And yes, like sitting here preaching advice, I brought Hashem raised my children, it was, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's every person with his family is, 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 is his family and his issues. It's, but the Ramam says, Tochacha can never be that way. <coughs> I want to finish basically with the Tanah Develio. There's an extraordinary Tanah Develio. Tanah Develio is one in Medrashim. There was a Tana who studied with Elio Anabi. And um, he, uh, and Lamaisa, he, he wrote it down. It's called Tanah Develio. It's one of the classic Medrashim where famous. And he says, Pamachas, a person came to me who knew Mikra without Mishnah, and a whole list of interesting questions and discussions. And one of them he said was, there are two things in the world I love most, Torah and Kali Yisrael. But I'm not sure which was created first. There's a passage about Torah that says, Hashem Konani Reishis Darko, that Hashem created first. That's a people thing. And the truth is, Kalalia Solskaya first says, As the words read, it, it, you know, it, one has done with the other. Two things I love greatly. Who was created first? Pasik Pasik. What he means to say is, um, when you have, um, when you have two things that you love that come together. For instance. Um, I'm making a party and I'm inviting some very close friends. Two ways I could, I could look at this. I want to have a wonderful birthday party and the nicest birthday I can have, have is if all my friends get together and they sing happy birthday and bring a cake or whatever it is. And that's, so having the friends it makes my birthday party the best. Or I like my friends. And it's hard to get together, everyone's doing their own thing, having a birthday party, what a chance to get with my friends. They're very close to each other. It's obviously because I like birthday parties, and I like friends. Question is, which is the means and which is the purpose? Kalal Yisrael is Kadosh, Torah is Kadosh. Which is the purpose for which? So on the surface of it, Torah is the holiest thing, and Kalal Yisrael is the people who can keep Torah. So Torah is first, and Kali Yisrael are the, are the sort of the, the advanced troops that, that bring Torah to the world, and the whole world can keep Torah. The Torah says no. And it's fascinating. He says this mistake is because you look at Mikra without Mishnah, without understanding Mishnah is Kali Yisrael's Torah. Mishnah is where Kali Yisrael comes in. The world was created for Kali Yisrael because Yisrael has the Nekudas Alekai Mimau. It has an neshama that's a chelik v'akadosh baruch hu, and is waiting to come out and bring the, the shine of Hashras Hashem into the world. It's deep, deep in us, and it's locked in us. And the only way to bring it out is through Torah. So we are the ikka, and Torah is the means. Now, gemina is the interaction. Let's give an example. If I'm running an army. And there's a soldier who's kind of slouchy, lazy. I kick, I hit, I yell, I scream. 
with a lot of anger. You're ruling the army. Uh, you know, the soldiers, uh, you know, what kind of army does it look like if one of the soldiers is sort of slouching and, you know, le leaning over to the side? If I have a son that I want to train and make a discipline and a mensch, I'll also push him to do it. But there's a big difference in the tone of voice and how much slack I cut and, and how much chachma I use. In an institution, and again, it, it's a normal part of an institution, and understand that I'm coming both as a parent and as a mechanic. I, 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 you can't have, you, it's talk, you can't have a room of 200 kids and everyone gets individual attention with individual schedule. That's, that's a madhouse. It's not, it's, not, it, it's, it's not a functioning body. Yes, Lowell Lane, a place that everybody needs their own tea pool, is, 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 is a place that's, that's not part of a, 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 um, a normal system. So, so, so the rules are very important. An individual here and there might be unfairly affected by the rules. That's the nature of, of an institution. The nature of parents and children, yes, I found Torah, and I think it's the most important thing in the world. But Torah, the, 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 the child, it's for the child's growth. And if it's not working on the Madrega you want, or in the Tzuri you want, ask yourself, what is the type of Torah and the Tzuri that will work for the child? What will bring out his best, and so on? Even that's not easy, but the, the, the change of idea where this is what he must look like. I have pictures on my walls, and he's going to look like one of them. That is wrong. I look at my child and look very deep inside him, and what's the picture inside him, and how do I bring it out? Yes, the way he is now, there's no picture. But inside him is a picture. And it might not be a picture like that. It might be a picture of somebody running around 36 hours a day helping people with hostels with doctors. It might be sit sitting in an emergency room helping people. It might be somebody fighting. I don't know. You know, it, 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 the details are not part of this. What's part of this is the understanding that Torah was created as a way to bring out the most cholesterol. So i just sum up. And again, this is, I think this is the topic of our generation. And because we've come so far and so many good things have happened, when we're faced by a lot of cracks and people caught those cracks and people figuring out not the way we'd expect and beginning to understand that no system can ever crank out, you know, just assembly line style, um, it is something we have to face. Let's go through the points I tried to make. First of all, teenage years are meant to be a certain break from parents. A good boy will be sitting in yeshiva and learning about smother and not being part of the house. There's always room, I, I, whether it's perfect, whether it's good, but understand that's the nature. Or the kid will be running out of the streets and not telling you where he is. That's what's happening. The parent's role, first of all, understand it's no longer, he's no longer authority. He is a mashpia. He has the responsibility for the child without the tools of authority. That's, that's a doubly, it's like the parasha. No tevin, but keep making the same out of the The little 11-year-old or 10-year-old, you dress him up, you take him shot in the shul, you have him sit next to him and sing, and everything's beautiful and wonderful. You can yell at him, and he'll do it. Here, it's not going to happen like that. It's not meant to happen that way. What he needs from parents is honest respect for what he is, 
and an honest understanding of where he can be. You can be honest with him, understand that learning is difficult, and you know, we all, everybody does things that are a bit difficult. For some people, getting used to a household with him and get married is difficult. It doesn't part them from it, but at least we understand um, where his, his main role is and what he has to compensate. Um, he has to be in an environment that, at, that at the best, in the best way possible, um, speaks to his strengths, gives him what he is and what he needs. Um, we need to be able to take out our personal frustrations and personal difficulties um, and, and disappointments. We never had a right. Our only thing that we should expect from a child is that he do what's good and what's right and what's what he wants from him. We, we don't know for a long time what exactly that is. And even if the road is a bit rocky, understanding what's going to, you know, what's coming out and so on is, you know, but what we can do is whatever we see, whatever we understand, to try to find who he is, what he is, respect him for it, help him bring that out. And, and it's like I said, I do feel it's part of the challenge of our generation, and we need to sit back a bit and to take a longer look of things. And we're instant generation. Zikna, I spoke about this work around the Epstein. Teres Chachm is called Zikna, because Zikna takes a long look at things. When you look at things as a snapshot, you always get it wrong. No story is ever a snapshot. A, a movie is a much closer to Emmis. It, it, looking at something over time, unfolding. Um, so Chinuch is not about the snapshot right now. It's about a much, much longer process of time developing and bringing out Rachman Shah. And Bezashev, it, it, it needs so much skill and so much Adishmaya. We should be Zaricha to give our children the respect, the warmth, the care, the honest care, with, and be able to rise above the momentary disappointments, frustrations, and so on. And we will bring the best out of our children. And Bezashev, our Kaddish Prophet will take a long look at our Maisim and not judge us minute by minute, but with a much longer perspective over time. That's it.